0: What is up gangsters i hope everybody is having a fantastic week so far welcome to the base 3 podcast before we get into it this week i just want to give you a quick heads up about some stupidly exciting developments we've made with base our flagship training program here at base 3. i'm not going to say too much now but keep your ears your eyes and your noses peeled for information coming out in the next couple of weeks about developments we've made to the program we're all really excited about it and i know you guys will be too This week on the show, I had CrossFit Games athlete and Icelandic badass, Ike Gifldorda. I have probably butchered her name, but she explains how to say it properly in the show, so listen out for that. Uh, Ike is a three times, once in a team, twice an individual CrossFit Games athlete, so knows a thing or three about working out. Ike is also a physio and a personal trainer and shares some really interesting points on training for longevity and how to ensure you're making progress with your training. Not surprisingly, a lot of what Ike had to offer in terms of advice was out of the gym work making very good points that you're only gonna be able to make as much progress as your recovery and lifestyle will allow. Use a really cool cup analogy to explain the importance of recovery and training, it made a lot of sense to me. And it's very similar to messages we've had before on the podcast and it's kind of in line with what we believe. So it was cool to see the experts are preaching the same message. So it's always great to speak to really high performers and get some insight into how they operate. And Ike has proved herself amongst the fittest athletes in the world. And I'm a massive CrossFit geek. So this was a really, really interesting conversation to have. Thank you, Ike, for sharing some of your story with us and sharing knowledge. Please go and have an awesome day and enjoy episode 84 of the Base 3 podcast. What's up, team? Welcome to the Base 3 podcast. I'm your host, Craig Harriman. Um, we're in a slightly different setup today. So if this sounds weird. It's because we've got different acoustics going on and we're in what might be our new studio which we'll probably video one day so we're not gonna do that today because it's not set up but if we were videoing it you'd be able to see that i'm sat with ike how are we doing
1: i'm doing really good thanks greg
0: for everybody that doesn't know how to say your name properly could you give us the official
1: yeah so the official is that my name is Ike, and i fix aches and pains so Ooh, it goes like pretty that. quickly yeah nice it's um, good to remember
0: and give us the second name as well gilvo daughter
1: yeah, I mean, like, if you want the full name, then my name is Otrun Eik Gilvatotir. But let's just roll with Eik. It's just simpler.
0: I was speaking to someone the other day, um, and I hope I didn't make this up, but um, I was telling them that all female Icelandics have daughters there at the end of their name, and all males have son.
1: Yes, because our oh, so last name is true. Yeah, yeah, okay, cool. uh, So my last name is my dad's first name, and stating that I'm his daughter.
0: And do you have siblings? I have siblings, yeah. If you have a brother? Gilvarsson. Ah.
1: So it's literally just stating that you are your father's child.
0: Which I guess is the same as Arabic is Bin Mohammed, yes. is son of Mohammed, okay? Exactly. cool. That's not all we had to talk about today. We are here to talk about Ike though. Um, so Ike, I went steal your thunder. Um, Ike's been training out of base for you lately, so it's been cool to get to know you a bit better and, and actually work out with you a couple of times. It's very depressing to work out with someone as fit as Ike. So I, Ike's made me feel really unfit, because Ike is extremely fit. Uh, why don't you give us a bit of a background on your athletic and professional history?
1: Athletic and professional history. Like, how far do you want me to go back? Let's go as far
0: <laughs> back as you can remember Athletic. Okay. What, what, what sports were you playing, at? What playing up? What sports did you
1: play up growing up? Um, so I kind of, like, circled through most of them. I used to do, like, football, basketball. Like, that was at the same time. So, like, I played on both the teams. Um, some athletics. Didn't really like that part. It was inside in Iceland. Pretty miserable oh, throughout nice. the winter. Um, and then... I have just been doing fitness, okay. literally, since I was like 18, 19.
0: And then at which point on this journey through fitness did you find CrossFit specifically?
1: Um, so I got a Groupon offer while I was living in Copenhagen studying physiotherapy. Okay. Um, decided to jump on a Groupon offer because I was like tired of programming my own fitness and trying to learn a lot of stuff in school and mm-hmm. had some clients on the side. I was already working as a personal trainer. Nice. So like joined the gym just to have someone feed me fitness. I. Th- Think I lasted for about three classes Okay. before I was like invited to come to their competition team ah, uh, okay. and went down like a bin training plan uh, more or less ever since.
0: Okay, and then when when did that happen? What year was this?
1: This is 2013, okay, late so 2013.
0: Then, and that segued into uh, you went to the games in 2017.
1: Went to the games as 2017. a team. Uh, 16 as a team. 16 yeah. as a team. Yeah.
0: And then individual in years.
1: 2018 and 2019
0: and where did you place
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i just fact checked it <laughs> i, I had to look like, it so up i knew she
0: didn't know this so i was just <laughs> testing
1: it to fact this, but the 26th in 2018 and 38th with the drug testing in 2019
0: amazing um and then so what's going on just staying with the whole crossfit thing what's happening now i know you're still working out mm-hmm. but you're not necessarily training for crossfit anymore
1: um, so, I mean, 2020, I had made the decision. Uh, so, I, let's reverse this a little bit. I okay. went to the Games in 2018, had yep. a great experience. That was the old format, for the athletes. Like, my goal was always just to be one of the 40 athletes, show that I belonged there. I knew I could give these guys a run for their money Big at with that. that. Yeah. Big tick with that. And then, obviously, with the massive changes that happened in the CrossFit season uh, leading into the 2019 season. Um plus, um, I don't know how to describe the sacrifices. Maybe that's something we want to get into oh, yeah. later. Uh, just decided that uh, 2019, I was going to kind of like transition a little bit out of CrossFit. Games wasn't like a big goal of mine. Um, I mean, the summers for the last couple of years training for CrossFit have yeah, not imagine. been super exciting. No. So uh, I accidentally qualified for the Games last year. <laughs> it was not a part of the program. Through? Uh, Asia.
0: Ah. so
1: I was just gonna do a couple of sanctionals last year and go like travel and have fun and like do a week in whichever location afterwards
0: Um, train-cations like training vacations Mm -hmm,
1: exactly but I ended up qualifying again for the games and I was like shit
0: (laughs) (laughs) so wait through a sanctional you qualified for the games for this year
1: no that was for last year sorry for last year okay my bad yeah so, like 2020, I was like, I'm definitely not going to make this mistake again. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, transitioning out of CrossFit and into more uh, business nice. this year.
0: Okay, and then uh, let's backtrack again, rewind, mm-hmm. and then professionally, what's your background?
1: Professionally, is my background. I uh, am personal trainer, studied in Iceland, like a full year, super intense personal training course.
0: Not a two-day course
1: that you did in... No, uh, it was, what was it, 250 hours of anatomy. Nice. And like a solid training background, so this is organized by physiotherapists in Iceland. is a really good program. I wish that they were more international. Cool. Um, then I started physiotherapy in Copenhagen, with focus on motivational and habit change. That oh, was well. like my bachelor thesis. And then I studied osteopathy. Finished a little bit more than half of the master's degree in osteopathy, um, where there was a little bit of a conflict between a full-time job, a full-time competitive athlete, and Sacrifice. studying. So I had to kind of like select one out of the uh, sorry two out of the full-time careers that okay. i had when i was three up and running
0: and then how what brought you to the uae when did you get here i uh,
1: got out here i got an offer while i was at the games with a team 2016 to okay. come on an athlete contract to the uae nice. which like sounded great when you've been working a full-time job in copenhagen mm. uh, cold uh, biking yeah. to and from uh, training sessions twice a day Plus full-time job so it sounded great uh, I moved out here in 2016 around Christmas came out here for DFC actually
0: okay cool um, and then now that was to Abu Dhabi now located in Dubai mm-hmm. crushing it in base 3 mm-hmm. um, what before we d- dig any deeper just want to get everything that So, say what are you currently working on um, you want know I know this, but just for the people listening, what are the yeah. current projects that you've got going on at the moment?
1: Yeah, yeah. so uh, Abu Dhabi, like expat life, uh, all of a sudden, most of my network had uh, relocated back to their home countries. So I was like, where is everyone? So uh, February, I decided to move to Dubai. And like I said, 2020 was going to be the year where I was... Gonna set more focus on business. Didn't know what that would actually mean, but Mm. uh, everyone knows what happened. I moved here 21st of February, went straight into a full lockdown in my living room.
0: Nice. It
1: was great. I managed to get all the furniture first, so my apartment was furnished at least.
0: Perfect, (laughs) and then how was that for a, a learning experience? Did it change? Did you have much of a plan before that you had to adapt to something different and now you've got a different product or is it kind of what you envisioned doing before?
1: I feel like the lockdown actually just gave me the time to stop and put all the ideas that I've had throughout the years. Because like I've I've been Mm. training people for ten years, so I had like a full library of stuff that I wanted to do. But if you're coaching six to eight hours a day, like there's no way you're gonna actually put it into action. So first thing lockdown, I ate a lot and sat on the couch for about three days and had some uh, dark thoughts with myself, and then I started working on my. Website and uh, and other stuff to make sure that I was ready when uh, we get back to somewhat normal.
0: Very cool. And then so so interrupt, But I want to take this to back to you as an athlete again, mm-hmm. um, and, and your training, your athletic background, because I'm super interested in this stuff. I feel mm-hmm. like people listen to the show would find this very interesting. As sure. well, it's Not every day Shoot you get to speak to a games athlete. Oh my god. Um, you're the, you're the second actually. I was thinking that's the first time i had a games athlete in the podcast, but Phil beat you to it. And Phil. Phil, has to, Phil has to beat you <laughs> to Phil, it. Um, yeah. So, as we've established, Ike's kind of a fit. She works out pretty hard. Um, your training intensity at the moment, like I've seen you in the gym. Considering you're not training to be competitive with CrossFit, is still uh, probably higher than 99% of people I know.
1: Don't, I mean, intensity is relative. I don't know many fit people. That's what was I'm saying. I going to say, intensity is relative.
0: Of course. Um, but. Still trying to maintain like a decent level of fitness for yourself at the moment, even though it's not uh, like a goal to be competitive in sport, you still enjoy the sport, obviously, I'm assuming and you're still practicing it as well as we were talking just before we got on about some endurance feats that you've got Mm -hmm. on the on the horizon.
1: Yes. So like with the training in the gym at the moment, so I try to do a lot of stuff out of the gym because that's, uh, I enjoy that. So I've been uh, focusing on like running and stuff on outside the gym. But in the gym, I like I try to use all the skills that mm. I have learned through CrossFit. Like the r- reason why I love CrossFit is because you can never get bored. Like if you're bored of something, something then just on. shake your training up a little bit. So focusing on doing some Olympic lifting like at least once a week uh, going through high skill gymnastics uh, maintaining everything making sure that I'm moving well through everything like I might not be pushing close to my max numbers but consistently just getting some heavy lifting nice. stimulating the nervous system making sure to keep what you call it like uh, agile versatile across all different time domains and, like and movements
0: and then what's the just I find this a bit interesting. We were talking before about your motivation for you've got endurance feats coming up and you're talking about how the you just need something to drive you to... to it doesn't necessarily have to be a, a for time thing or something, but you just mm-hmm. always want something to motivate you. Is that something that helped when you were getting into CrossFit? Is the, I want to get to the games or I want to be at this event or I want to learn this movement. What was your kind of like draw to CrossFit and why was that? Uh, what attracted you to it?
1: Um, so with the CrossFit, like I said... Uh, I just need to train a lot. Like, that gives me a peace of mind uh, in all ever-changing, like, w- w- whether you're studying or working or whatever, there's always, like, changes on coming up and your mind kind of tries to tell you, hey, you can't do that or I'm not the person who does this or whatever. So whenever I find something where I'm, like, I'm not the person who something, then I kind of have to challenge that thought. I like that. Um. So, like... Uh, with the CrossFit uh, I've been called the tiny daughter and like <laughs> I was just an endurance athlete and like uh, there's just like stuff that people were saying and I'm um,
0: and yeah, I'll show you
1: exactly yeah. so like I used to weigh like 52 kilos and like the average CrossFit Games athlete is like 68 to yeah. 75 so they were like oh but you're just like the lighter athlete you're really good at body weight movements and I was like wait a minute mm. don't tell me what I am good at like let me like of course I can get good at whatever I practice at
0: and then also smash them at bodyweight movements as well and then put yeah. laugh when they're still doing the yeah exactly
1: well. so it's like it sounds like a ever, never ending story because like there's always something that like either someone tells you or your own mind tells you that you can't do so um, I just kind of like go and poke at that a little bit and like see that. break it into small achievable goals little habits that I do day in and day out and guess what you can get really really good at whatever you do
0: and then did that change much for you from when you started obviously as you improved and got better did, mm-hmm. did, that, did that motivation not that motivation but did that reason for training change as you realized okay i'm now uh, at the top level of the sport and i need to work on this weakness more than this weakness how much did your training evolve from when you started to becoming very competitive at it
1: um i mean that depends on like when you st- say like when i started training for the so games okay. because yeah. like Point. I used to so in 2000. I finished my personal training studies in 2009. So 2007 and 8, like before I even started studying anything about like how to challenge the the body, I used to use the benchmark fitness test for the police academy in Iceland. Okay. So I used to test that every four or six months. So that's like bench press, pull ups, uh, Cooper test, and yep. something else. So I just. Like I wanted to be uh, like the highest grade in at that test, so I used to do that frequently and regularly. And how old
0: were you when you were doing that?
1: I don't know how old was I in 2009. How old are you now? <laughs> I'm Thirty-one. So you're 21. Yes. Okay. Ish. Ish. Quick math. Quick math. Good. Good math.
0: Um. So you've always been like competitive and fairly motivated. And it sounds like you. Yeah, but it's f- nothing
1: to do with anyone else's numbers. It's just competitive, motivated True. for yeah, yeah, yeah. for whatever I'm doing. With yourself. Yes. Yeah yes 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 and um, where did you come from we uh, came from how that uh, led into the training yeah so yeah, like back to the end. so I came in with a fairly decent like some kind of a bodyweight strength level I could do strict pull-ups I could do bodyweight bench press like before I started crossfitting uh of obviously when I started crossfitting I came in just after I ran a half marathon in like sub 140. Oh Nice. Um, came into CrossFit, like my endurance was good, but I knew none of the movements. Okay. So, like, going from, like, in the beginning, focusing on just learning, like, the whole vocabulary of CrossFit skills yeah. and, like, looking at people, like, what are they doing? I remember <laughs> my first open, it was um, chest to bar pull ups. Okay. And I was like, how do you get your chest to touch the bar? So so, like, I've placed like, decently like overall in Denmark that year, but like I'd never heard about chest to bar pull ups before. All right. Like, yeah.
0: Okay. So, then at what point did you go from placing high in Denmark and not knowing what a chest to bar pull up is? At what mm-hmm. point did you decide, okay, I'm going to make a run at the game?
1: Same year. <laughs> that, okay, this is it now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going to learn chest to bar pull ups and go through the game. Yeah, very much. <laughs> And then what happened, what was the... So you decided then, and then at which point did you... How long did it take you to decide, like, get, to get to a level where, you're like, cool, I can do this now. Yeah,
1: so this is the same open. The regionals, this is 2013, I think. Okay. So I must have started, like, fall 2012. This is 2013. Um, was at the regionals in Belarus in Copenhagen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, looking at the athletes, and I was like, I can do that. Yeah,
0: she ain't that fast.
1: No, yeah, exactly. I was <laughs> like couple of burpees, a little bit of like rowing. Like, I don't remember what the workouts were that year. But like, I remember looking at Thuri, You know Thuri Halcatadir. Yeah. I looked at her and I was like, oh, she's about the same size. Yeah. I should be able to do this. It's yeah. fine. So I drank a lot of beers that year on nice. the bleachers. And then uh, I've been at the regionals every year since.
0: Nice. Uh, until I died. Yes, exactly. Um, and then... As that evolved so a couple of years ago in regions before you made it to the games how did you go through the process of understanding where your weaknesses were where your what your strengths were in the sport and how to attack those did you change your training differently um i know you've worked with different coaches over the years i worked with yami and and those guys know a lot of stuff mm-hmm. um how did you go about attacking weaknesses or how did you decide okay in order for me if i want to do this again or get better at the spot i'm gonna have to change my training to say get stronger or this that this
1: I mean, it's just a continuous reflection of, like, what was, what have I been doing to make sure that I'm where I'm at, like, is it working, is it not working, and what do I need to do to advance? So usually, like, if to answer this really, really straightforward, like, usually at a competition, so Regionals 2014, we had the Nasty Girls event, like, yep. I remember it very specifically, I got the 20 out of the 21 muscle-ups, it's three rounds of seven muscle-ups. I had to work really hard to get my first muscle ups, which is why I'm actually quite good at coaching them because I went through every single progression that there is in the book
0: (laughs) to learn
1: learn (laughs) myself. Um, So I I got 20 out of the 21. So I failed. I had seven minutes on the clock or something ridiculous to do it because I was really fast at pistols and hand cleans, but uh, couldn't get the muscle up. So like you can imagine what I was doing for the next six months.
0: Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Muscle-ups every other day. Pretty good. And um, like same
1: thing with the handstand walks or whatever it was that I was like failing at um, or like snatch event. I forgot that it was my turn to lift. I was too busy watching Oksana in the lane next to me. I was like, oh, fuck, she's snatching like 93 kilos. And then it was my turn. And I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> I should do something. So like... Whether it being like performance, performance wise, a skill that I needed to learn, or like a mental focus thing to make sure that you're on the floor and you're doing your best, like I would just do top three takeaway points from every competition or experience that I had and make sure I work towards those.
0: As you said, reflection, I remember I messaged you like probably three or four years ago now. Mm-hmm. I think you must have been into the games and asked you. Um, how you broke down or what how you reviewed your reflected on your process after an event to give some advice to the guys and you said um, oh i was talking about debriefing and you brought up the reflection mm-hmm. thing then now remember that now i just remember that now is yeah. that, yeah. so that's always going to thing um, but it's like
1: if you go through the motions of whatever you're doing in your daily training or whatever so uh, if you just like oh, it is what it is and that's the end of the reflection, then you're never going to get better at anything. Yeah. If you are like, uh, I, my training today was shit, uh, I also slept three hours last night, and last week was really stressful at work. Okay, okay but what, what do you need to fix? You yep. don't actually have to fix anything with your training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to fix your sleeping and your workload. So it's like reflecting a little bit deeper, like making sure you take kind of all aspects into it to make it like to make some kind of pro- progress with your things. And
0: there's so much money to be made in other areas as well. As we talk about this before, and we spoke about this before on the podcast, I always said like, you don't need to change your training at all to make progress. If you fix, there's probably like 10 other areas of your life which you can make a 1% improvement on that would yield a better response in the gym. So yes, yeah. reflecting not just your training as well. Like, so if you had a bad training day, why did I have a bad training day, or did I eat enough the day before, exactly. etc., et You
1: don't actually get fitter from training, and it's really bad to say as a coach. Yeah. But you get fitter from recovering from yeah. your training. Of course. So if you are not recovering or recovered enough to train, then you're not getting any benefits from your training. Mm-hmm. So like I sometimes work with like very stressful. Uh, business people that are uh, super pushing 70 hour work weeks and whatnot and drinking eight cups of coffee a day and like living on three croissants so, like no lean proteins no hydration whatever and they come to me and want to get fitness results and I'm like
0: yeah we're gonna okay start cool here.
1: we're gonna start with about six hours of sleep per night yeah like that's literally where you have to start so when I say reflections like of course there is some part of it that's like training and like uh, deadlifts are really weak then you have to do more deadlifts mm-hmm. relative to your squats yeah. or
0: um what you just said about the the whole lifestyle and stuff's really interesting i'll get into that in a second as mm-hmm. finish off the game stuff is um i could talk about cross all the time but Yeah. Um, the what would you say you've touched on it briefly but just to give like an example what would be your strengths and and Let's not go strengths and weaknesses, likes and dislikes as athletes. Like, which event do you remember really enjoying or having a lot of fun doing, or which event did you hate or which exercise did you hate? Have you got any?
1: Yeah, of course I do. <laughs> um, I am a sucker for like the long, slow burn grind. When I can actually see that other people are miserable, mm. that makes me happy. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. And it sounds a little bit sick, but like, if I can see, like burpees hurt, burpees hurt everyone. Yeah. But I know burpees hurt other people more than me because I can just go to this dark place in my mind where I'm just like, let's go See, I a couple been to more. The,
0: to the CrossFit Games, and you just said burpees hurt. Everybody that's like, why do I suck at burpees? Everyone hates burpees. It's not just ah, oh, burpees worry about hurt
1: it. me. Yeah. a Million tons of a lot of pain, like
0: all the pain.
1: <laughs> all the pain every time. It never gets easier. But I just really enjoy the pain because I know someone else is in a really dark place in their mind and they're not gonna get out of that yeah. dark cave. So I'm just like, <laughs> so like
0: the grosser and the longer and the harder and grindier it Pretty is, much, the more yeah. you enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. And then what's the what's your like least event would be the worst event for you to come up?
1: Worst event, but like, it comes a little bit back to me being a lighter athlete. Okay. So like even if I'm doing really well on like Sinclair and weightlifting, where like I would probably be earning like medals in terms mm. of body weight
0: right, versus body weight, yeah.
1: But it's still like a 70k snatch. It's it's nothing massive. Like. Yeah. So uh, it's not because I don't enjoy it. Like I like it and I focus on what I am improving relative to what I've done before in competitions Mm -hmm. and like given what I've uh, done previous, like that day. But yeah, heavy, heavy weightlifting events. It's just like a little bit of a demotivation every time to see someone snatch 93 kilos next to you and you're like, Mm -hmm. I can't even deadlift that right now.
0: See, I have the same problem. But I don't have the excuse of being really like I'm like a really heavy athlete, and people are like oh you snatch so much, but my Sinclair score would be absolutely terrible based yeah. on my body weight. But, but the CrossFit
1: like, doesn't care about that, so uh-huh. you, you can roll with it. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> um, I just I asked that question, and, and anybody who trains here and knows me, people who don't know me just know that mine's handstand push-ups. I just think like handstand push-ups are terrible.
1: But we can work on that for you. No, no I probably. know, but I
0: still think if I could remove one thing from CrossFit, it would be handstand push-ups. Yeah. The open standard handstand push-up line I think is really weird. I it's just super think, weird, yeah. I think a handstand walk is a much better test because it's a distance. You can't dispute whether you walked I would take handstand not.
1: pushups any given day. My handstand walks are shit.
0: But <laughs> I, I, mine are. Mine are terrible. I, I'm sorry, my handstand push-ups. But I think if you're looking at like a line on a wall which has to be the length of half your forearm divided by Pythagoras and all this shit, I think that's harder for a video than yeah. there's eight foot. Walk it on your hands. It's a little bit easier. Yeah. And also, I think landing on your, on your head repeatedly is probably not great for your health.
1: That's no, fine. <laughs> I mean, you land on your feet all the time when you run and walk. Your your spine can take the compression if you're in a good position to start with.
0: True. Yeah.
1: Hundred percent. Most people are trying to land like while still looking at the math or doing some other weird oh, stuff. I'm gonna book a session. So as a physio osteo, um, I'm gonna say like compression of your spine is perfectly fine as long as you're in an anatomical good like uh, neutral position
0: okay let's switch gears then let's go talk let's talk movement let's talk about health longevity the other yeah. reason i want to get ike on the, the podcast is a uh, professional background is a lot to do with uh or well, how do we summarize this movement pain management performance mm-hmm. development um and as you just mentioned kind of managing lifestyle factors that contribute towards recovery and training as well so um let's dive into that a little bit
1: yeah so well, like if you want to be a a games athletes or if you want to perform as anything if you want to chase those little uh, you know can I do it can I not do it which I think a lot of people do at least that's my motivation if you want to chase those you also have to be really like smart about how you go about it Yeah. because I'm all for training in the deep dark cave and doing burpees until you want to vomit but you cannot do that every single day of course And I'm really glad like, you said that Hmm?
0: i'm really glad you said that
1: yeah so like to train to be good at soccer grind the event is to be good at efficiency mm-hmm. and to be good at efficiency you have to do a lot of mobility work you have to do a lot of basic uh, strength imbalance stuff you have to do a lot of uh, moving purposefully well uh,
0: and this is coming from someone who's been to the top level of sport but understands the background as well so definitely an authority on on being able to give advice for such a a a topic for your training Mm -hmm. how important was managing that like how would you say the majority of your time let's break it into like heavy training really Mm -hmm. gross hard training and Mm -hmm. then recovery training
1: i mean of course it depends on the seasons and like one of the blisses to be a competitive athlete is that you go through different seasons in your training yeah. when you are training for yourself and for health and longevity there are no seasons unless you're like really hard cut into the open but that's like only a little percent so like in my off season i would say 80 to 90 percent of my training was purposeful good reps nice. so if i were to put that into like some like a little bit more uh, concrete terms so let's say that my maximum handstand push-up strict i can do with good technique like without starting to semi bench press the floor away from me i can do 10
0: okay okay you're gonna embarrass me then I like 50
1: no no no, i'm just gonna we're gonna go with normal numbers i did 11 once cool cool we can go with your numbers then (laughs) um so if you can do 10 like really well like one off then you would probably, if you're working through an Imam or a chipper in a workout, then I would never go above like 35 to 40% of that maximum set. Nice. So that means if I'm doing a workout, then I'm going to bang out sets of three to four reps um, and make sure that all those reps are good reps. Yeah. And like, I, yeah, I know it's for time, but it is also for quality Quality as well. Yeah, so if you want to stay away from injuring yourself, don't grind out a couple of sets of 10 because that's so close to your max that you risk things just falling apart and you learned how to move like shit. Yeah. We're not trying to learn how to move like shit. We're learning how to move well.
0: And you can translate that to weightlifting numbers as well as going, Same. staying below like 80% yeah. of your max, you're more like to hit successful reps. And if you go above 80%, the risk of practicing poor quality movements and increasing the risk of injury.
1: Yeah. I think they use like, like the American system is like 75%, mm-hmm. but like 80%, then you start to stimulate um, and risk more of,
0: Bad reps. patterns. Yes. Practicing being shit. But if, yeah. you,
1: if you do 30 reps of snatch this week and you want to lift really heavy, so you're going to do 20 of them are going to be above 80% and 20 of them are going to be shit because you slept three hours last night and yeah. you had a really big week at work, yeah. then you're learning how to move like shit.
0: Yes. You're practicing sucking.
1: Yeah. But if you take... 10 pounds off and you go at like 70% and you get 30 good reps in mm-hmm. then you're practicing moving well so next Amen. week that you show up for the gym you're going to be moving well
0: and then I think one of the the reasons people who just like the general population don't adhere to that strictly as they should is because they don't understand that hey I can lift 100 pounds why am I only lifting 80 pounds I'm not going to get stronger I'm not lifting close to 100 but then you're not getting the repetition you're not getting the practice of yeah. building really good movement patterns moving really well building a sound foundation of movements to then layer on top of that structure
1: exactly like we are pretty simple I've not met any person yet that like defines the law of like nature mm-hmm. so like whether it comes to <laughs> weight loss in terms of like oh yeah but I'm special I'm not losing weight because whatever or if it's like learning learning is a, is a whole like section yeah. for itself, like we can go deep down rabbit holes there, but you and your brain, you learn how to move in a certain way. Right. So if you move well, you learn how to move well. To move well yeah. So next time that you have a heart rate that's like banging at 90%, if you've been doing good reps, you will be able to do good reps. If you're doing shit reps- You'll be good at doing shit reps. shit reps, yeah. Which brings the injury rate up quite that's significantly. Right.
0: Okay, yeah, and then what? That was very interesting. What um, how? What outside factors from training? You mentioned this before. With recovery. Mm-hmm. Um, what would be kind of like some of the key things you'd look at if someone was coming to you and a, they're recreational? Um, I want to get slightly more competitive in the sport of cross. For yeah. example, um, start training. What outside factors do you think people should be addressing to make sure they're getting the most out of their training? I want to say
1: everything, but that's everything. that's too much. So well, it,
0: let's just bullet point all of them and then we'll go and pick a few and pick them yeah. apart.
1: I would definitely say, so the way that I view and like it's a, it's a common like within physiotherapy and stuff. So like if we say uh, injury, like how oh, I'm in pain, I can't do these things anymore is like a um, cup that overfills. Nice. Yeah. So we can put stuff in the cup and let's just like list up the things that we can put inside the cup before it starts to kind of overflow. Yeah. yeah, because it's a lot of things. Yeah. So first of all, we are all a little bit uh, differently gifted from anatomy sites. Sure. So there's a couple of different types of connective tissue. There's like three three main categories, which is like a little bit more rigid, more flexible and a medium type. If you are a little bit more to the rigid type, like that fills a little bit more into your cup than okay. if you are a little bit more to the flexible side. Right. But on the other hand, if you're a little bit more to the flexible side, then you also are more prone to overuse injuries.
0: So then the rigid side, they'll be more prone to things like having uh, stiffness and problems, in the and shoulder. Tendonitis in the shoulder. Yeah.
1: Okay. So like movement-related pain, whereas right. like the soft type is maybe a little bit more prone towards uh b- tendon issues in the knees and shoulders with like kipping pull-ups or multiple squats and so on so like that puts a a lump of some into your cup of like some fluids. yeah Um, and that's uh, you can work on that by like doing slow eccentric strength training for the soft tendon type and doing mobility training for the little bit more rigid type to kind of like reduce some of that volume but that obviously Puts in, I would say, like 33% in your cup.
0: Yeah, you already got a big chunk in there already.
1: Yeah, so you have a big chunk in there already. Besides from that, uh, stress. And like your body doesn't discriminate when it comes to stress. Stress can be, I was having an argument uh, with the wife at home. Stress Mm. can be work-related. Stress can be... Training. Training. Stress can be uh, financial worries. Stress can be like anything that kind of like disturbs your peace of mind. Yeah. Um, And or your body so that's again another big chunk
0: and the body doesn't discriminate so it doesn't matter whether it's like a positive or negative stress your body's going to respond the same way
1: no i mean you you have a whoop yeah yeah have you done any like if you look at the daily strain for like a super stressful day
0: uh, if I you haven't. like
1: look at the day where you like did a lecture or like you had yeah, an event yeah, yeah. that you were nervous for or Quite, yeah like, i haven't
0: i haven't actually noticed a difference that's a good point i've, I've noticed a difference that yeah. if i have a lot of coaching hours exactly I always assume that was down to an activity because I was more mobile nope. but then if it's uh, an anxiety or a stress thing that's contributing to that as if you that took that well. same
1: walk and you walked around the Jumeirah Lakes
0: yeah
1: like same amount of steps you would not have the same strain oh yeah so like it's not like and that's where it starts to be like people think that stress is a negative thing yeah. it's not no for you like, work, it drives it, adaptation yeah yeah uh, if you recover from it, but the stress just means that you were mentally focused while yeah. you were coaching. Yeah. you were engaged with your client, yeah. so that's a strain on your brain. Yeah. and you are giving an output, so that is stressful. Like with yeah, what are these Air called? quotes. Air quotes. Yeah. yeah. So it's not because stress is a negative thing; it just means that you are making an effort. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: and some people sometimes people in classes are very stressful. And you yes. know who you are, listeners. Yeah, yeah.
1: they drop the bars and yeah. like do crazy so, stuff.
0: um Yeah, you know who you are. You know who I'm talking to. stressing me in class. I don't know who you're talking to. You don't need to, really so to know. That would be really interesting to
1: know. So we already have like a half full cup there with just like this is like the basic stuff.
0: And we haven't even worked out yet.
1: And we haven't even worked out yet. No, and like we still haven't like counted in like nutrition factors, sleep. Yeah. Uh, like stress management is like another thing that can kind of reduce the volume in the cup yeah um what else uh caffeine caffeine
0: yeah yeah i'm now on my third cup of jose luis cypher hookens up with some amazing beans today
1: i'm impressed that you don't have the shakes
0: uh no yeah me too actually i haven't done a lot of activity this morning usually if i have this many coffees it's because i've had like a couple classes and i'm like balanced out i've had three cups of coffee i'm like
1: look up your whoop now Coffee is uh, definitely another stimulant that. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be scoring high. So t- I've got a long day, a lot of caffeine, and maybe yeah. I'll work out later. Yeah. So.
1: But like back on track, like on track. hydration level, sleep, nutrition, another big, big, big chunk of, um, of water that uh, we want to keep good. Yeah. And that's like if you have good sleep, that reduces the volume that you put into the cup.
0: Nice. Yeah. So yeah. if you
1: have good nutrition with wholesome food and a lot of lean protein, that reduces it's the kind of like a put. credit
0: and debit yeah it's yeah. a little bit like that yeah
1: so it's kind of like you can choose where you want to put in your dollars so yes. like if you want to do a really good meal plan that reduces the level of stress in your cup so that you can do harder workouts Yeah. if you want to spend your time on getting quality seven and a half hours of sleep that reduces the financial burden you have of taking on a meal plan yeah. so it's like you can little bit like bargain with yourself and definitely and, and, if you,
0: and if people listen this can visualize what that would look like i'm picturing just like a carpet from a side profile of like mm-hmm. layers of different things that like if you move one or improve one there's more room to put something else in. exactly all of these if you if you want to be lazy with all of those things and you're not going to address your sleep and nutrition, hydration, all these things mm-hmm. that create all this stress, then don't expect to be able to go really hard in the gym. Or make
1: do t- expect to get injured if you do go expect, hard <laughs> in the gym. Or yeah, expect really bad results.
0: <laughs> um, or, and, but then you could probably still make progress, but by reducing the training stress. Versus yeah. if you want to train hard and you want to do more work, exactly. you've got to give room somewhere else and hydrate well or eat better or not be as stressed. And stuff.
1: Exactly. So that's Perfect. like brings me back to like why 2019 I was like, shit, I qualified yeah. for the games. My dad was like, oh, go, go compete. You, you never know if you're going to do it again. And I was like, it's really easy for you to say, but you have no clue what goes into keeping that cup. So it doesn't spill over. Yeah. So if you have the pressure of like wanting to perform at whatever, so you ah. need to train an X amount, then you also need to manage all the other things to make sure that there is space for that amount of training.
0: Do you want to get into that a little bit?
1: Sure, what like, do you want to know?
0: <laughs> what, what was like, so I've competed in some very low level comps, like I was a, I fought MA for a while where training was a massive part of my life and I was very fortunate that I didn't have much external stresses during mm-hmm. that. I didn't have a very taxing job. I didn't have um, any, many other commitments outside of mm-hmm. uh, relationship and, and coaching a few classes. I can't imagine, like I said, studying, working, and training full time. It was easy to do. No. What were the short story? No. <laughs> short story. No. What's the medium story?
1: Medium story. Medium story. Let's not go into the long one. <laughs> we can't. Can, take it takes time. forever. No. So the medium story is that the like super important, obviously more during competition season, yeah. but. Like in off-season is when you actually build. So you need to be able to train a lot of volume there as well. So managing all your social connections. Making sure that you're around people that give you positive Positive energy. energy. Yeah. Yeah. Eliminating the people that don't give you positive energy. And like literally asking yourself about every single thing. Like does this add value to whatever I'm trying to do? And when I say everything, I mean everything. It's like um, bought a steak like red steak does this add value to what i'm trying to do i feel one hour after i eat the steak i feel slightly bloated like my stomach is not okay like does this add value or deduct value from what i'm trying to achieve
0: wow
1: so it's like we're down to like making decisions on like super
0: basic levels you've got to be with it when you get to that level right
1: I mean, if you want to be, I calculated this in 2018. So the guys that went to the games, yeah. the 40 people out of the open is 0.001 percent. Yeah, that's a very. So sense. if you want to be in in that group, then yes.
0: But I guess you could. I would speak about this to people in the gym as well. We're, like we're not talking about super super high level performers, but it's definitely on a lower scale. of You what do you want to get out of it? Mm-hmm. If you're expecting really incredible results, you've got to put an incredible amount of effort and make massive sacrifices. No, you I don't. Well, okay, fine. <laughs> That's
1: the funny thing. Like, But
0: relative to what you want to achieve. Yes. So if you said, I said, okay, let's say there's five levels of nutrition, like yeah. Five level five would be like, I'm gonna eat healthy two days a week. Mm-hmm. Level um, two would be, I'm gonna eat healthy four days a week. Mm-hmm. Level three would be, I'm gonna eat healthy five days a week. Level four would be, I'm gonna count my macros and yeah. levels would be like i'm gonna weigh measure everything track everything in my fitness have no cheat days and it's like well if you want to get really really in-depth results Mm -hmm. you've got to go pretty hard so i guess it's obviously i
1: I could argue with that but i I get what you're trying to say yeah um there is a where do i want to go with this um
0: sacrifice
1: i lost 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 no yeah sacrificing stuff we're more talking about Yes, you have to. You may have to count your macros if you need to achieve some kind of a body composition and put on weight or whatever. But I know a lot of games athletes that manage their uh, nutrition with uh, a palm size measurement. Mm-hmm. You can get ninety-five wow. percent of the results with palm size measurements and yeah. some basic, like changes in your nutrition so like you don't have to go into weighing everything to get average results in the gym or like when I say average result, I mean yeah, like it's yeah. top results in the gym but yeah. it's like no,
0: that was a, that was an, uh, an example of yeah. like the in, how in depth you can yes. be and how much you can sacrifice yes. the, yeah.
1: but I would argue that you can get like 85-90% of the results which like that's where the level where I'm at now with cup size uh, measurement with your hand yeah. it's an ish balanced plate kind of uh, sure. approach yeah um, but, like, sacrifices to go to the games, like, there is no late nights. You don't have one night where you don't sleep eight to nine hours. There is, yeah. like I said before, like, eliminating uh, uh, social interactions that are not helpful. Um, so, yeah. And how long can, did
0: you... So, obviously, back then, I think now it's a little bit harder with the structure of the season and there being been sanctional events. I think the season's a bit more a bit it's not as straightforward as it used to be in like the regionals days where you had straight off seasons yeah but so this was for how many years were you on this
1: so 2000 i mean it progressively gets like this it's not like you wake up one day and you change everything yeah uh, like you start in 2014 uh, where i started competing at the regionals and you started getting more proteins to make sure that you were recovering from your sessions. Okay. And then 2015, you were doing more conditioning, so you had to look at your carbohydrates. And then, uh, you know, you get too lean and then you had to start look at your fats <laughs> to make sure that your hormonal and reproductive system were functioning as they should. So it, it comes in steps. Yeah. Like no one ever jumps into from zero to 100 in one go.
0: Yeah, it probably one last room.
1: Um, and that comes back to like reflecting on what is happening right now? Is this helping me or hurting me? Like, what do I need to achieve the next level?
0: Then how how long did you spend in that really high level of like, I'm eliminating people that aren't positive for what I'm trying to achieve?
1: So 2017, I showed up at the regional sick. That was the year that I was like, I'm 100% qualifying, like the workouts were made out for me, like everything was like, like, lined up, I thought I was going to make the games in 2017. Yeah. Um, showed up sick, decided to go ahead with my <laughs> accounted split times from training. I died. <laughs> um, so, like, from early, so from 2016, I would say, pretty much since I moved out here. Okay. And, I mean, moving out here is also a way to, like, I'm not, my family is not a bad influence for what I'm doing. Like, they support me and they love me and all that, but, like, they also have a harder time to understand, like, why are you on a Saturday afternoon spending three hours in the gym? Like, yeah. it's family time, or like, yeah, skipping dinners and stuff because of competitive training. Yeah, It's just a little bit harder to understand. So I th- I would say since I moved to the UAE.
0: Okay, well, that's, yeah, fair play, that's awesome. I mean, I said your reasons, thank you for sharing that, your reasons for, for doing it, I feel very intrinsic, and to be able to um, put yourself in a position where you're not going out and having all these social interactions giving up and sacrificing so much for them, it was very inspiring, so that was very cool. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Have you got anything else you'd like to share with us, Ike? Hmm? Have you got anything, you'd like to, anything else you'd like to share with us? I don't know, what do you want to know? Uh, I think that's good, I think we're, we're crossing yeah. on, yeah, that's the 40, 42 minute mark.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What, where can people go to find out more for, about you, Ike? If people are interested, where can they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, so like I said, now working more on helping other people achieve what I call a thriving lifestyle. Ooh, nice. So that is including like training but also having a deeper dive into what things they can make sure that they have the space in for their sure. cup so yeah. that they can train hard. So founded a company a couple of months ago, Thriving Lifestyle here in Dubai, working in-person sessions out of base three, whoop, whoop. have online programming, Zoom consultations for nutrition advice and in general like, health uh how could i say this in a so it's more like accessory work programs to make sure oh, that yeah. your anatomical chunk that you dropped in your cup that you can optimize that very cool so for the softer uh, connective tissue type it's tempo strength training for the more harder c- tissue type it's uh, more mobility stuff which so one are you Which one am I? I'm like a freak. I don't know. It just (laughs) doesn't break. (laughs) But I think that's also because I do a lot of, um, what's it called? Uh, Mobility and strength work to make sure that I stay healthy. I don't. Maybe you should. I
0: probably should. Mm -hmm. I hurt my neck the other day um, because I've ramped up my training since. It wasn't even a conscious decision. We just started a new program. So I jumped on the program Mm -hmm. and I'm um, just training with the guys and it's fun again. It's been like three or four weeks now and I haven't been doing I haven't increased my recovery work to match the amount mm. of actual work I'm doing and now my neck's all screwed up. So I
1: was going to say, what, the, what is it the neck? Yeah. What kind of neck are we talking here?
0: Uh, nah, just a little spasm going on here. But I've spoken, uh, I, I've been complaining about it all week so people don't need to know anymore about my neck spasm. Pause, they pause, they, they, pause they are tired of me. it. No, I'll <laughs> be tired. talking to
1: you guys tomorrow about the <laughs> spasms and the stiffness and stuff and when to act and what to do. Perfect. So uh, you'll know more tomorrow.
0: Perfect. And then give us some, where can we find you on Instagram?
1: Uh, Instagram, (laughs) Dochter.
0: Is there anywhere else people could go when they get in touch?
1: Yes, fitwitheik.com.
0: Amazing. I'll link all that in the show notes so everyone else can find you.
1: You can find all details about services and stuff on that one.
0: Amazing. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for talking to me.
0: Thanks guys. Have a good day.
1: Have a nice one.